You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! Welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And he's smoking this week. <laughs> no vape review uh, this episode. But wait, there's <laughs> a surprise. Oh, God. So, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Uh, this week, we have the La Polina Silver Label, a TAA exclusive. Yeah, we're... Yeah, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about uh, Season 3 of The Mandalorian later, so... We figured this went with uh, Din Djarin's, uh sweet chrome ass armor. Yeah, so I was like, silver label. All right, that'll that'll play. You know, I'm just waiting on you to get old. And we can just start dubbing you the Silver Fox. I mean, I'm already getting streaks in the beard, so it probably won't be too much longer before I am like, I'm I'm just gonna go full blown uh, uh, Sam Elliott. This is a uh, very very islandy, very Honduran cigar. With a Honduras wrapper, binder from Costa Rica, and filler from Costa Rica, Honduras, and Nicaragua. Yeah, Cuban seed wrapper grown in Honduras. Uh, Costa Rican binder and various Nicaraguan, Costa Rican, and Honduran blend. In I don't know. For me, like I, I, I like La Plena keeping their their. Names naming their cigar is very simple for us dumb folk. It's like we got blue label, bronze label, white label. It's kind of like Johnny Walker Scotch. It's like <laughs> pick a color. It's I don't have to remember the uh, you know some long Spanish word. It's like nah, give me the silver, the blue, the whatever. But they also say this is supposed to be the strongest cigar with the La Polina name because they're not known for their strong cigars and this no is, i think uh, la polina tries to you know stick... that smooth creamy yes and you know i mean this is definitely stronger than some of the other la polinas but i would still put this at a medium yeah it's definitely stronger than what they normally make which i appreciate a uh a full body uh stick uh with a little little kick to it and it's yeah. like you, you said you know very oaky. It kind of reminds me like what we smoked, or what I smoked last week. It had that, you know, kind of like charred whiskey. But this is a more, which that one was like a, I'll say a sweet woody. This is more like. This is like a toasty. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't a different say. Different oaky. Like, you know, we did the Kentucky Fired Cured. I would put that one at charred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this so, one's a toasted oak. <laughs> yeah. This one, this one right here. So think of toast. Charred being black. You know, toast just having that, you know, a little bit of light brown, you know, just enough to know that, hey, the bread's been, you know, warmed. <laughs> Sniffing um, some whiskey barrels. <laughs> I need whiskey. <laughs> I still got another week. Oh, <laughs> uh, That's good, though. See, I need to go back. to. I went to the Renaissance Festival the other day, but I couldn't drink any mead. So, like, I need to go back before the Renaissance Festival ends so I can uh, enjoy some of that. Uh, they had an 11% to, uh, I think it was Monk's Mead. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I've learned the, the couple of meaderies that I've been to and everything. I think out about the, you know, 
12 or 13 meads I have tried, I found one that I could say, all right, this is this is drinkable, and I could, like, for me, mead is just way, way sweet or something. I don't know. Like, it's... Yeah, it's it it kind of, you either get, like, super sweet, or you get uh, very dry, almost like champagne-y, and I'm like, eh, this is, like, I'm, I'm, if I drink a wine, I want, like, a, a Merlot, like, something, like, dark and oaky and, and not that, like, dry, like, dry your mouth out. Oh, see, I, I, I love a good cab, but, you know, a lot of the cabs have that oaky alcohol type taste you know that you know I've, I've learned to love from whether it's whiskey or bourbon or whether it's cigars and you know give me give me a nice steak and a uh a cab and you know i'm right there <laughs> you know or a little chianti with some fava beans you know <laughs> and a liver <laughs> <laughs> and some liver oh chicken liver though not beef liver like figured out not Steve liver. <laughs> uh, yeah, beef liver is a little bit too, too bloody. <laughs> like that nice, you know, copper flavor. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but definitely prefer you know chicken over beef, and and definitely breaded and fried versus you know just sliced and you know cooked and smothered in onions. Well, since you've been on the road a lot, uh, have you tried any mountain oysters in your travels? <laughs> I know those can be a delicacy out in the uh, you know Midwest there. You know, I was looking for restaurants like that, and I'm sure that... <laughs> it was there, just never it's, where you it's uh, there, but came dude, across. I was in such remote regions that, you know, it's like, hmm, all right, we got a gas station and a few fast food joints... And nothing for hours and hours. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't try gas station mountain oysters. That that's something that I'm like, that's a step too far. <laughs> Although where was I? I think I, I might was give a- it a shot in a restaurant, but uh, gas station oysters negative. I uh, I think I was in Nebraska, and it was like two o'clock in the morning, snowstorm from hell, and I came to a little, you know. Civil, and I'm like, all right, I haven't seen Civilization in a long time, so this is just where I'm hunkering down <laughs> for the night. And I, I went into the gas station, and, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what the hell they had. Oh, chicken gizzards. So I had hmm. gas station chicken gizzards. I got to say, the one kind of exception to the don't eat gas station food is if they have an attached barbecue joint. Now, roadside, like, barbecue gas stations, that's some of the, like, best, like, freaking barbecue that I've I've had in my travels. But anything else from a gas station is questionable. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Once you get out on the road, you realize it's not all that bad. Sometimes <laughs> if you just see roller grill option, that's a luxury. <laughs> Depends on how close the next bathroom is. <laughs> That's the beauty of when there's no civilization. You just the world is your toilet. <laughs> exactly. Like this is the way. <laughs> that is the way. Oh, uh, and speaking, if you've got a you know fight Imperial remnants, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for twenty percent off your order. Comes in nice little ten packs, all chrome like Din Djarin's armor. Yeah, so if you got a you got a Mando up, you know, get you some Strike Force. And this week we're going to be talking about the 
third season of a little show called The Mandalorian. Which is what Star Wars should have been off from the beginning. Yes. <laughs> and with that, we will be... Um, oh, what kind of flavors are you picking up so far in this early light? Uh, toasty oak. oak. Um, a little bit of earth. A little bit of leather. And I'm going to throw this at Are you. Peppery? I, I There is a touch of spice, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out if that's just the heat coming from the cigar. But uh, a little raisiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, you know, according to the website, because you've always had a better palate than me. I'm just like, it's either good or it's not good, where you can, like, pick out flavors better than I can. And they're saying characteristics of fresh soil, you said earth, charred oak, we had that, black pepper, mineral, clove, molasses, and sweet florals. Which I don't kinda, know that sounds what raisiny to me. the hell mineral, clove, and everything else is. Like, yeah, like, whoever comes up with these, like, flavor profile, I'm like, what is the fuck? It's kind of like, uh, was it, uh, well, see, Ricky Rodriguez, where he's like, people always talk about earth and soil, We're like, what are you, chewing on dirt? <laughs> like, what do you know, how do you we, know what that tastes like? <laughs> because I've wrecked many bikes in my day without helmets, and what's uh, the first thing you do? Get a mouthful of dirt. <laughs> that, or, you know, you're following your... You drop your... a snack, a five-second rule. Sometimes you uh, get, uh, you know, a little extra flavoring. <laughs> yeah. If you're outside. Been working in auto mechanics, hands covered in grease and oil, and, you know... I mean, bread just absorbs all that shit. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, this is the way. And with that, we'll be right back. Can we make our way? Can we make our way when everything we've ever known was chiseled into stone? Turn another page. I've been burning bridges in the places I called on Cause I won't let it go This armor runs down to my soul But is it the armor that I chose? Too late for a redemption Maybe my questions don't have an answer And welcome back to the podcast. It's time to get mandalorian I mean... Mando. I don't have any Baskar. Like... I need I, to get some, you got some. a sweet helmet. I don't have a helmet. Like... <laughs> need to get uh, whatever King of Camo to paint one of my guns like Beskar. Just the, which basically, you look at Beskar, it's basically Damascus steel. <laughs> but laser proof. <laughs> but it has that nice Damascus look. Yeah, I saw some really sweet Damascus knives today. Oh, hell, I went to the Rins Fest last week. And speaking of Mandalorian, I'm like, this is how popular this show is. I wore my camo uh, Mythosaur skull t-shirt that I'm wearing today. I've got so many, like, this is the way. This is the way. As I was, like, walking around the con, it was like, I was like, oh, yeah, my people are here. There's a lot of secret Mandos in this. Uh... <laughs> Dude, Renaissance. <laughs> in this Renaissance Festival. Renaissance Festival, you know. Anime weekend at Le- like all of those are just little precursors to what is you know the full entourage of Dragon Con. 
But there is one booth there that sells nothing but domestic knives and swords, and they look badass. But yeah, there's like, I was like, the whole day I'm like, why are going? This is the way. Yeah, this is the way. Yeah, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> oh, I was like, my people are here. Oh, so uh, yeah, we got, we finally got, uh, after like a long delay when we, which I don't even see, consider it that much of a delay because there was so much of the Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett, which was kind of like secret Mando season three, <laughs> that season three, like, you know, it's like, this feels like season four. Yeah. I, dude, I gotta be honest, like star Wars was kind of difficult for me to really get into like if if i would have had space pirates and all of the shit that i saw in this season of mandalorian i'm like where was all of this in star wars from the get-go like i've always you know heard you talk about the books and like oh this is so badass and everything else and i'm like i don't even know where to start on the books <laughs> and then like now it's like I really need to read the fucking books. And the books now, like, I mean, there's some good Mandalorian stories in the books, but then most of that stuff is like, uh, non Disney. Now it's all in the, like the legends series. If you want to, if you're someone who hasn't jumped into the Mandalorian or any of the Disney plus series, fucking go back and watch the, uh, animated clone wars, clone wars and rebels. There are so many tie-ins with especially Mandalorian culture in those cartoon series that have now made the jump to live action. I mean, kind of helps that, uh, Dave Filoni is like one of the, uh, you know, directors, executive producers, showrunners. Can, can we just have him just focus on star Wars from here on out? Like, yeah, can we just stop with the Disney, um, like trilogy movies and just let Dave and, uh, and John Favreau do all the star Wars things, which at that last, um, uh, whatever big star Wars, uh, um, when they released all the kind of like new trailers, new, uh, they announced, don't know when it's going to be set or when it's going to be released, but they're actually letting Dave direct a feature length movie. Like, I mean, why not at this point? Because the three seasons, the Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett have been just insane. Like uh, I think when we said before the mic's on, like the last three episodes of this season is better than the last three, like actual star Wars movies. <laughs> I've enjoyed the Disney Plus series, even uh, whatever, even uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, which wasn't probably the greatest. Still like the stuff on Disney Plus more than the like the last three, like you know, episode six, seven, eight, or whatever, seven, eight, nine, whatever the fucking last three, <laughs> three movies were. Like this shit is Star Wars is is more Star Wars than like the new Disney shit to me. Yeah, I I don't know, you know, I mean this. This really seemed to encompass the full package, you know, whether it was space battles, ground battles, like, hand-to-hand shit, weapon shit, like, you got you get everything. Plus, you just get, you know, some of the general, you know, folks that, like, you know, I've heard you talk about, you know, Thrawn and other stuff like that, and, like, like, oh, okay, yeah, now I'm able to, like, really put two and two together. Yeah, and it's like, they've brought so many of the things from like the animated stuff to like live. Anyway, Bo-Katan Kreese was, I mean, we got a little bit of her last season and she's pretty much in almost every episode this season, but you know, freaking Katie Sackhoff is the one who voiced her in, in, uh, 
the animated series. And then uh, we also got uh, uh, Zeb from Rebels uh, made a, a brief cameo this season, even voiced by the you know voice actor which we fucking interviewed what a couple of years ago. Uh, you know he voiced the live action version of uh, of Zeb from Rebels, and uh, you know we talked last week about the Ahsoka trailer, and it's like just about everyone else from Rebels is <laughs> is now going live action, so it's like. Yeah, like it's like as soon as you let Dave Filoni play, he's like, "I'm gonna take all these these anim- badass animated characters and we're gonna make them live action." And that's awesome, though. And we're gonna sell all the toys because <laughs> <laughs> now I got I've got I only own two Funko Pops. Uh, both of them are versions of uh, Grogu. Now I want the uh, if they have a Funko Pop uh, IG12 like battle suit where they you know turned him into like full Krang. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> no, no, no. He should have had a this is the way button. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Book of Boba Fett was like a straight up Western where this one had a lot of good Western, kind of Western feel to it, especially, and we're kind of jumping all around. We'll kind of, I guess, go back and go in order at some point, but them fighting the pirates. That was like, this was legit space cowboy shit. Yeah, I mean, even and like, so we're not there yet. But the ending, like when when we get around talking about the ending, that is straight up space cowboy shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it just, I mean, not to say any of the previous seasons were a disappointment, right? But this kind of just set like a whole new standard for me. Yeah, uh, like, like my my problem is now like. If it's not, you know, the producers and directors of the next, like, yeah, if it's I'm not... afraid I'm not going to like it because <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, between episodes seven, eight, and nine, I'm just like, all right, you know, I get it. You're trying to bridge the gap between the old school fans while trying to keep the franchise alive with new characters and stuff or new fans, and I'm like, I'm over here in the middle, like, I just want to fucking see space battles and, you know, ground battles and, like... I see stormtroopers getting shot in the face. Yeah, like... <laughs> Fuck the... I, I don't care about all the family drama, <laughs> like... And, uh... I like, uh... The kind of the problem with, like, the new movies, to me, was, like... How, how bad is the Rebellion if we're still fighting some kind of Imperial Remnant... And some of the newer books I've been reading, I read uh, the last one finished was uh, Bloodlines, and it's very much before the rise of the new, what are the First Order, which was like the bad guys in the new movies. And you kind of see that like the rebellion was really good at being a rebellion, and you also kind of see it in this, where they're shitty at being a legitimate government. It's like, cool, we won the war, now we have to start a government, and they just immediately get bogged down in like a ton of bureaucracy where they can't actually, when they're a rebellion, when it's just like, Hey, fuck it. This over here needs to be done. Let's just grab some guys and go kick ass. Now it's like, gotta go ask for permission and we got to requisition this other shit. And, and it's like, no wonder like they failed because it's like, yeah, in the books are like, yes, yeah, as, as soon as we took over the government, we didn't want a authoritarian government anymore. So we're going to kind of, 
cut back our military to just like a basic police, what we need to kind of police the galaxy do it. And you know, we're not going to have a central leader. We're going to have just a giant Congress that hell we know from our own Congress can't fucking agree on shit. So it's like nothing ever gets done because there's just constantly political bickering because they're afraid to have like one central leader after dealing with the empire. And it's like, yeah, bureaucracy killed the uh, new Republic and allowed like the fucking, uh, Empire to be reborn as uh, the the first order. I don't know. I think to me that just goes to you know free will and everything else. You know, I mean, dude, like the the cynic in me would be like, all right, the Jedi's are supposed to be the good guys, right? But hey, we're gonna nab your kid and indoctrinate <laughs> him into this way of life, and this is the only way, and. Uh, that's good. Um, this other way over here is all bad, though. Don't, <laughs> don't go that way. Gotta be the good space wizards, not the bad space wizards. Yeah, like, where... Shouldn't we be trying to find sort of a, a balance, like, <laughs> and an actual way to... Which, I guess, then again, you know, there can't be a problem if, you know, one side's wiped out, but then you open yourself up to disagreements and shit, you know, within... You know, it's like Bo-Katan says at one point, it's like, Mandalore has always been too strong to be defeated by any any enemy. Like, we always defeat ourselves because of the infighting, and like, you know, we're the... Mandalor- Dude, Mandalorians are the biggest threat to Mandalore. That shit sent, like... <laughs> that speech, I'm just like... That's what the fucking U.S. president needs to be saying right now. Yeah, fucking... Like, right now, we've got so many labels and so divided, and, you know, we can, you know, separate ourselves because... Of any millions of reasons. And oh, and Den's speech to her when she's like, I don't know if I can keep, like, your tribe and my tribe, like, they're too different and they're too different. Like, I don't know if I can keep us together to rebuild. Like, this sword is the only thing keeping me leader. And he's like, my people don't give a fuck about that sword. Like, only thing I know about that sword is what you've told me. So, like, no, like... My people, like I, I believe in like honor, loyalty, and character. That's why I'm following you. Your story's not been written yet, and I will serve you till it is. And it's like, oh damn, Dan, you like you know, got philosophical, dropping like, that game on her. She's like, oh shit, why don't you take off that helmet, boy, and we get down. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I was like, you know, they had because we, we there's shit we've be wondered. A rocket production now, <laughs> just because you spoke it. Oh, I mean, we we've. We've wondered how the 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 followers of the the creed that never take off their helmets like how do, you know, how, you know and she's like how do you you eat and he's like oh you don't like just take your food and wander off by yourself and then you can take your helmet off to eat did they I mean because Paz Vizsla had a kid it didn't say he was a foundling he's like that's my son do they get naked but leave the helmets on is what I want to know about the. Uh, is there Mando helmet sex? Is is what I what I want to know now? And uh, <laughs> if I ever see Dave Filoni at a at a con, I'm like, Dave, I got one important question: Do uh, Creed Mandos fuck with a helmet on? Is that is is that how we get little Mandos? <laughs> or is that why adoption is such big in that culture? Because <laughs> the helmeted Mandos aren't getting any. It's they're like monks. <laughs> I didn't want to know, but now, now I want to know. Oh, 
This is why we can never have a serious movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, the first episode, you see, like, the Mandalorian's covert has relocated to some kind of, like, canyon-y planet with very violent uh, animal life. But you see the kid taking the uh, the oath in the water and stuff, and I very much thought this was a flashback. Like, I'm like, is that young Din being, like, sworn in? And then, you know, big space alligator comes out of the water and try, tries to eat, and all of a sudden he, like, swoops in and, like, you know, blows it up with the with the N1 chrome fighter. And I'm like, oh, no, this is, like, real time. Like, I, I thought this was a flashback. <laughs> I was like, is that little Din, like, getting sworn in? And like, no, it's, that's some other kid, you know. <laughs> Din's just showing up for a visit. Hey, guys, I'm here. Didn't abandon you. <laughs> They're like, you're still not a Mandalorian. He's like... But if I go, I, I, I've finished my mission with, uh, you know, with everything, you know, I, you know, I got him no, back I to his go people. Baptize myself. I got him back to his people and he came back to me. I went and helped out Boba Fett. So if I can bathe in the water, can we do this? Cause somebody said Mandalorian is not fucked. <laughs> and they're like, all right, this is the way go for it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you when we see you. And he goes to see Bo-Katan, and she's just, like, chilling in her castle by herself. He's like, where's your fleet, and where's your army? And she's like, dude, when you, I didn't get the saber, they all, like, fucked off. They're all, like, out being mercenaries, and I'm just here chilling in my castle being, like, depressed and whatnot. If you want to go back to Mandalore, like, have at it, homie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, just... I don't know. But for... for thing I, I love about it, for someone who's very much like fuck off don't bother me anymore the second Grogu shows up and is like he's in trouble she's like fucking weird like just immediately because she's like oh, that asshole's returning I'm gonna get him tell him to fuck off once and for all and as soon as the kid's like daddy needs help she's like fucking jump in the shit let's go where's he at like just immediately was like nope like I gotta go save this this dumb fucker <laughs> You need a mommy. <laughs> yeah, she she could have very much told him to go fuck himself, but she's like, nope. Like as soon as the kid's like, we need help, she's like, all right, I'm in. That's why she's the new Mandalore. <laughs> but I do like before the, even that, he's like, well, just in case Mandalore is poison, I need a robot to scout for me. So I'm gonna go back and find the one robot that I trusted and goes visits his old buddy uh, Creed uh, to try to rebuild. IG-12, or IG-11, and they got those little bastards from, like, uh, that are, like, supposed to be, like, great freaking droid mechanics, kind of like the dude in, uh, the last, uh, Star Wars movie. <laughs> if fucking Grogu's, like, picks them up and starts hugging them, like, no, bad baby, no squeeze! <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, guarantee this Christmas there's gonna be, like, toys of those little fuckers. <laughs> If not, like, I'm going to be disappointed, because, dude, we've talked about it time and time again. Like, the cross-merchandising and everything that used to go on, like, you know. Uh, I mean, there are Grogu I mean, given... weed pipes on Facebook Marketplace now. You can smoke weed out of Grogu. I mean, it's... <laughs> He's already green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happy Earth Day. <laughs> and 420 was just... Yeah. So yeah, it's like the, as you said, like the merchandising of of, of this is 
has been huge. So yeah, I'm I'm waiting for. Uh, I mean, I've got a knit uh, Din Djarin on the table. I picked up at a con for someone who was knitting <laughs> action figures. I should have bought the job of the hut, but it sold before I came back to that booth. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. Speaking of which, the armor. She, I saw a video of her. I forgot what con it was, but she showed up like in full costume and nobody knew it was her. And she's just like walking around like, hello, this is the way. And they were like, oh man, badass costume. And then like, finally, like, you know, they, they, they go to, I guess her panel and shit. And then she like, she's there with like all the Mandalorians and then takes the helmet off. And they're like, oh fuck. <laughs> just blew everybody's mind. They're like, it's really her. I don't know, Emily Swallow or something like that, that thinks her name. But yeah, she just like shows up at uh at uh freaking uh, Star Wars conventions as the armor and then like surprises the fuck out of all the Mandos. That's awesome. I was a little disappointed though when Yeah, of course when Mando goes to visit uh Navarro, some some pirates show up, because, uh, you know, Grief's made a turn. He's a, a good, legitimate, benevolent ruler now, but he de- he used to do some shady shit, and, like, the pirates show back up. He's like, nah, dude, this is school now. Like, fuck yeah, off with that shit. this isn't your bar. And, like, Mando's just over there kind of, like, all propped up, and then, like, I mean, they just go, like, fucking uh, Clint Eastwood on those dudes. And then they try to, like, you know, shoot the Mando down as he's he's leaving, and there's, like, there's a big pirate ship. Could it be? And no, it was some weird, like, fucking moss-looking dude. I was like, I wanted to see Hondo. You're dealing with space pirates. Give me a Hondo Anaka. Like this, I was like, kind of like. There's been so many animated characters we've seen showing up in live action. We got Cad Bane and Zeb and fucking. I was like, is, is the pirate gonna be Hondo? Nope, it wasn't Hondo. <laughs> it was not. No. I really wanted a Hondo appearance. Although the effects of the pirates and everything are really spot on, and they looked like pirates i mean yeah. <laughs> they, they dressed as how you would think like especially the guys like on the ship it's like these are pirates <laughs> it's like this is awesome it's fucking pirates of the caribbean in space <laughs> only a little more scaly <laughs> uh and he's like never trust a pirate kid and <laughs> just like this leaves him there Oh, uh, but that when they come back and try to take over Navarro and and they call for help and try to get the New Republic to help and the New Republic's just like, oh no, we can't uh, interfere. They're not a and you know homeboy captain. Uh, uh, that captain that's showed up. I think up there and, is definitely still some Empire influence abound. Ah, uh, yeah, we saw that whole episode of like, oh, they're just like trying to rehabilitate former Imperials. We got uh, the Doctor. Uh, uh, Oh, whatever, Doctor Pershing or whatever that, you know, and the uh, comm officer from Gideon's ship that later on we find out is actually spying for Gideon uh, as a uh, New Republic convert in name only. But uh, yeah, when he's like, "All right, well, I can't get the New Republic to help him. I'm gonna go visit the Mandalorians," and it's like, "Hey, your old buddy's in trouble," and he's like, "And that's another thing too, because we've seen the R7 who was." Uh, that's the same droid that Luke tried to buy that blew its motivator and he ended up getting R2 instead and eventually ended up with uh, the Mando's uh, mechanic there. So when he can't rebuild uh, IG-11, he goes, sees her looking for parts and she's like, well, I'll just sell you this this guy here. Well, in the 
some of the old books. There's like one. It's a series of short stories, but that droid was actually a rebel spy, and it blew up its motivator on purpose so Luke would buy R two. So when he shows up and he's like, he's like, how'd you find us? We kind of prize ourselves on uh, secrecy. He's like, well, lucky for me, a guy I served with in the uh, rebellion uh, is actually part of your group. And they're like, what? And then he's like, how's it going, R five? <laughs> and it's like, I was like. Oh shit! That that old short short story. It's it's fucking true. He is a damn rebel spy. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a little a cool detail that only like you know real Star Wars nerds who've read like all the shit would like understand that uh, <laughs> that reference. So what makes me feel so secluded? <laughs> so I'm like, there's there's so many little subtleties that like. That's what's great about what they're doing. I mean, if you're not uh, kind of a Star Wars historian, you can still enjoy the stuff. But then, if you are someone who's uh, deep in the uh, in the lore, like there's always just little things where you're like, "Oh shit, that's the thing!" Like in the fucking uh, Soka trailer when she's like calls uh, Thrawn heir to the Empire. I'm like, I've read those books. <laughs> I know. I she said the thing. <laughs> yes, a thing was said. <laughs> but yeah, that's the really the first time we've seen a lot of Mandalorians fighting together. I mean, usually it's like yeah, they they kind of operate in shadows. It's like one or two guys. But when when you know he shows up and is like, "Hey, I know it's not your fight, but I know you're a good dude and your buddy's in trouble. Just wanted to let you know there's pirates on Nav- Navarro. What you do with that information is." Is what you do with that information. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody where you're hiding unless y'all want to, you know. I know you're going to try to, you're going to yeah, move. I know you're going to, you know, relocate anyway, but, you know. I'm not going to tell anyone if you, you know, for what what that's worth. But, uh, and Paz Vizsla, who's kind of been antagonistic, like, this whole time throughout the series, turns out to be a good dude. So, like, Den and Bo like save his child from the, the fucking pterodactyl looking motherfucker, and so you know, Den addresses the group and he's like, "Hey, I got no right to ask y'all to join me, but this guy saved my life and the life of my my uh, Padawan here, and I want to go save him, and like I can't do it alone, so I just want to ask all you." And he, and then he stands up like, "I got something to say, like this guy's uh, like we've risked our lives for this guy and we've risked his life for this little like how much more." you know, should we risk? Like, why should we help him? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, cause we're Mandalorians. That's what we do. <laughs> it's like, Oh shit. He's like, these guys saved my kid. And they're like, he's an honorable dude. Like, so we're fucking Mandalorians. If he says this guy needs help, we go help him. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> and then they go like put in work. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. How do, how do I sign up to be the, the light machine gunner uh, fucking Mando? Light like, hell, Mando was like heavy. Uh, I yes. was like, oh, if if I ever have the money to buy a, a Mando, get me some Mandalorian armor, I'm like, I kind of want to go heavy heavy Mando because that fucking is walking around with that chain gun smoking fools. I was like, oh, that's just so badass. Uh, hell, even that the fucking fight with the damn dragon thing. Oh, and even before that, the episode where he goes to like bathe in the waters and then you know finds out that oh 
Mandalore isn't, uh, I mean, it's fucked up, but it's not, like, it's uninhabitable. It's like... You know, there's, like, weird monsters and shit, and he gets, like, beat up by a little, like, lizard thing in a mech suit. But after he bathes in the water, and then, like, oh, there's a big crater here, and I'm, I didn't bring my jet back, I'm just gonna sink to the bottom of this. And Bo has to dive in and save him, and then you see the mythosaur. Like, the mythosaur has always been just, like, an extinct, legendary thing, but... Somehow the bombing has, like, reawakened a long, dormant mythosaur. And I kept waiting for that thing to, like, show up at some point. Like, fucking Bo to, like, ride back in on the mythosaur. Maybe we'll get that in season four. But, yeah, when she saves him and is, like, swimming back up, and then you see, like, her look over, and there's, like, a big-ass eye open. You're like, holy fuck, they really did a mythosaur. <laughs> that, that's the thing that, like, blew my mind watching, watching that. Because, like, that's the mythosaur skull is, like, has always been a symbol of like the Mandalorians and it's like, but it's always been like kind of a legendary extinct creature, but like to see it like, fuck, they did it. There's a goddamn mythosaur. <laughs> that shit blew my mind the first time I watched that. Yeah. I looked over at Rachel and said, yeah, I found the Mandalorian Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that later on with like Bo and the uh, armor is talking. He's like, she's like, what if I told you I saw one? And she's like, ah, oh, that's a very powerful uh, vision. He's like, no, no, really, I fucking saw one. <laughs> it was real. <laughs> oh, and what about our other guest star when uh, when uh, Grogu earns his first piece of armor and he, you know she's like you know, in there making him a little kind of chest plate for his uh, chain mail. And he starts having a flashback to, like, Order 66, and we finally learn how he escaped uh, Order 66. He's uh, rescued by a Jedi, uh, Master, uh, what the hell is his name? It's like, uh, uh, Kelleran Beck. Do you, do you, did you recognize uh, the, the actor playing uh, said uh, Kelleran Beck? That is... Ahmed Best, better known as Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Apparently, which I didn't, uh, there's a, Disney has a Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, and he had a game show that was kind of like uh, Secrets of the Hidden Temple, where kids were training to be Jedis, and he hosted as this character, Keller and Beck, and then they brought him in as to be the guy who, like, rescues Grogu and gets him off the planet, and he's, like, fucking dual-wielding because apparently he's supposed to be, like, in the lore, like, a badass, like, sword master and specializes in dual-wielding lightsabers. And it's kind of cool that the guy that kind of got a lot of shit for the prequels got to, like, kind of redeem himself. I finally and be got a, a redemption character. <laughs> got to be a badass. <laughs> Just uh, fucking up clone troopers. And I tell a polar opposites. <laughs> yeah. It's a me. Or fucking. It's <laughs> uh, a Misa. Yeah, he, he didn't have to do a, a stupid uh, <laughs> Gungan accent. He just got to like be badass and uh, and uh, Miss Binks <laughs> save Grogu. Oh, so yeah, that, that or or does badass. something tragic happen? <laughs> he goes from being a badass, and the transformation <laughs> is you are now a a, a Jar Jar. <laughs> He becomes a fucking inquisitor. <laughs> oh, and uh, I like the um, 
episode Guns for Hire, which was actually directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, where after they rescue Navarro from the pirates, Navarro's like, y'all may not have, not have a home planet anymore, but you have a home here. We're going to give you like this big plot of land. Y'all don't have to hide anymore. Come start your own community here for as long as y'all want to be here. And then the armor kind of tells Bo to take her helmet off. She's like, but I thought this was the way. And she's like, it's still the way, but you've walked in both worlds and we can't have our like kind of religious branch of Mandalorians fighting with the kind of, I guess, more modern Mandalorians. We, the only way we're going to be able to rebuild Mandalore is together. We're stronger together. You walk in both worlds. You, you're the one that has the ability to bring us all together because you've, I've seen you live by the creed and you've lived by the other ones. Like, so I'm going to task you with going and finding the rest of the Mandalorians and bringing them, bringing them back. So she goes to, to, uh, find her, her fleet and, uh, (laughs) get her army back. And they're running security on this planet of like rich dudes. And we get our couple big, uh, cameos, uh, uh, this season, uh, we find the rulers of said planet is uh, Lizzo and Jack Black, <laughs> and their head of security is Doc Brown, uh, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, God, it was fucking awesome seeing Christopher Lloyd. I don't remember what the last thing I saw him in was. Nobody. But... He was the dad in Nobody. <laughs> it was like fucking people up with shotguns. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. That's the last thing I saw of it was that movie, uh, Mr. Nobody or whatever it was, uh, or Nobody. Yeah. Oh, but I, I like, like, they're like, we're a true democracy. We vote on everything. And, uh, we got a, we got a, uh, a battle droid problem. And, and we, she's like, well, y'all have an army outside. You know, why don't they're like, well, we passed a law that no standing army can any enter the city. And also, we've banned, like, weapons and stuff. Our cops are even unarmed. But we also have freedom of religion. And I know you're Mandalorians, and weapons and armor are part of your religion. So, loophole! <laughs> y'all help us out by taking care of our battle droid problem, and we'll, uh, you know, promote y'all as a independent, uh, you know, back y'all as, like, you know, Mandalorians are a, a real, you know, government or whatnot. And, uh, yeah, she looks at Den, and she's like, what do you think? And he's like, you had me at killing battle droids. <laughs> I'm down. But I like this kind of one-off episode where it's very much had like a, uh, cop feel to it. It's like a buddy cop show. It's like, you know, the fucking, uh, den is like the, uh, the, uh, good, bad cop. And Bo's like the good cop and shit. And she's like, no, we need to negotiate. And he's like, no, we need to like kick fucking droids ass. And it's like, I was like, I could, I would watch a whole like detective series of like Bo and Den just like solving crimes on random planets. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> and I don't know, maybe that's part of what made season three so great. Because one, you had the good cop, bad cop. Then you had, you know, sort of your spy slash espionage, you know, you know, sort of episodes like. But yeah, this whole like, like detect like. Like mystery show, like it was like a, it was basically a detective drama with Bo-Katan and, and Din Djarin. And I like like when they go when she kind of walks in and tries to like 
kind of talk down to the uh, the Ugnots and like Den's like, nah, I got this. I've I've dealt with these people before and like kind of shows her how to like their negotiate. way of communicating. Yeah, and then he's like also like fuck all droids and she's like, no, we gotta like you know. You can't just go around, you know, which reminded me of kicking the guys kicking the fucking Boston Dynamic dogs and just out there like poking droids to one of them attacks him. He's like, I found him, didn't I? <laughs> but she's like, no, you got to also be more, uh, you know, diplomatic with like, uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, fucking find out like, uh, Christopher Lloyd's the one like sabotaging the robots and he's just going off about like the. He's like, I didn't, sur- I'm a separatist. I didn't su- surrender to the empire, or the new Republic or any. And then she finally just like shoots him with a stun dart. She's like fucking politics. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> and I like something he says to, uh, he, uh, with the Queens, like, can I hold the baby? And he's like, uh, he, it takes him a while to warm up to people until she feeds him. And she's like, he's like, nah, man. But if you see like all the times he rides in the ship with Bo-Katan, like the first time, He's like in the very back of like the cockpit. The second time you see them together, he's like hovering like right next to her chair. And then like the end of that episode, he's like sitting in her lap as they're flying away. It's like, he's like, this is my space mommy now. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Space mommy. (laughs) Oh yeah. When she confronts, uh, homeboy that's uh leading the those branch of the mandalorians now and they just like she's like i challenge you as a warrior and like fucking have that badass fight and then he's finally like uh well it doesn't matter if you beat me you can't lead us you don't have the sword and he's like well if she that's all she needs to lead here like have the sword and it's funny because gideon last season told him he's like it's not about the weapon it's about the story so he makes a story that the mandalorians will accept and she's like, no, you can't just give it to me. He's like, I'm not giving it to you. Like, I was defeated by some dude, and she had to come and save me. And then she defeated the guy who defeated me. So, technically, this sword belongs to her, correct? And they're all like, yeah, that'll work. And they're like, all right, yeah, I'm just giving it back to his rightful owner. And he's like, said, not about the sword. It's about the fucking story that he weaves that makes it, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, she defeated somebody in battle that had the sword. And so, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> I'll allow it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then leading them all back to Navarro to link up with the other Mandos and the, the fucking old, like old Imperial cruiser with the mythosaur skull painted on the bottom. I was like, that's badass." That's when they all just go flying in the fucking droids are like, you know, magistrate the empire. And he's like, that's not the empire. Like those are Mandalorians. Well, how can you know? You see that big ass fucking skull. (laughs) Look at the markings. (laughs) He's like, he's like, there's an Imperial shuttle. He's like, first of all, that's a light cruiser. That is not a shuttle. (laughs) You dumbass. Second, those are Mandalorians. Those are our space homies. Because <laughs> it's like... But I mean, that is the thing. Like, there's a lot of space technology and everything that would need to be repurposed. Like... That's the thing, too. It's like, we've always... Before this, uh, most people only know Mandalorians from Boba Fett. You know, so it's... And Jango Fett, who were kind of bad guy. I mean, they worked for the empire. So we've not really seen like 
Mandalorians being good guys. And it's like, oh no, it's like, you know, seeing them as a people versus like the kind of highest the, bitter mercenaries yep. that you know we're used to seeing them as. And so it's like showing them being a force of good in the galaxy when the, cause you know, in that book I read where basically it shows Leia creating, uh, the resistance and she's like, you know, the new Republic can't handle threats cause it's too bogged down in politics. We need people like when we were in a rebellion, this is, does good because it's the right thing to fucking do. So like, so I'm going to protect the people regardless of what the fucking government tells me to do. <laughs> It's like, you know, here's Rebellion 2.0. Like, you know, we're going to we're going to save people like regardless of what, you know, the government allows. So in the end, can we just say government bad? <laughs> like uh, yeah, people good, government bad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the good people can accept, hey, there's evil people that should have to deal with consequences. Yeah. Free men don't need permission. <laughs> and weapons are part of my religion. <laughs> oh. But yeah, these the final two episodes of this season are probably some of the best TV, best Star Wars I've I've ever seen. Uh, chapter 23, the spies, uh, when, you know, they're going to go back and scout Mandalore and try to resettle it, you know, and they basically the atmosphere is so full of radiation from the bombings. There's, it blocks communication between planet and space. So they're like, all right, we're going to park the fleet out here and we're going to take like a single ship full of guys down just to scout and kind of see if everything's cool before we bring everybody down and you know, they're, they're going to get separated. And, uh, the episode starts off too with like Moff Gideon, like in his secret base with the Imperial shadow council council, which eventually will become the first order or whatever. But you, uh, you see all these like people that you think are warlords are actually still secretly kind of running the empire. And we get, Captain Paleon, which if you read the books, Paleon is like huge. He's like a big Imperial. He's like, was uh basically grand Admiral Thrawn's right hand man and all like the books and shit. So seeing him like live action, uh, you know, kind of leading one of whatever chapter. And we also get uh Hux, which, you know, is I guess supposed to be the father of the guy who was like the big bad in, uh, you know, General Hux and the uh, the the three uh, Disney sequels. It, it, you know, and fucking Gideon's like running like secret uh, cloning programs. He's like, yeah, and Homeboy's like, oh yeah, you're ahead of uh, the Necromancy Project, which is as we know in the Star Wars movies later on that like they basically resurrect a clone emperor, and apparently that's what he's he's doing. But fucking Gideon's also like fuck this, I'm going to make my own clone so I can be mortal. And, 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 you know, he's got his little secret base full of, uh, but then when you find out as the Mandos explore deeper into Mandalore, that's where Gideon's been hiding. He's actually built a secret base inside Mandalore and has been 
basically building these Imperial super commandos with, uh, with fucking Beskar armor. And he's like, he's like, you know, everything in the galaxy, you know, has, has a use, you know, even the Mandalorians, but yeah, I'm going to kill all you Mandalorians, but I'm going to take your technology and your armor and shit. And, uh, and, uh, use it to, uh, build my new empire. Yeah, it's like, uh, I just robbed you of all your tools and resources. And he's basically trying to be Darth Vader. He's got, like, the, the black suit, and he's like, I'll take care of these myself. Like, very fucking, you know, Vader-esque. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, then again, is that not the root of all evil, where, you know, one person, you know, has that desire for power... Yeah, and even he, they're all, the, the Shadow Council like, well, you know, we're just waiting on Admiral Thrawn to return, and and uh, he's like, yeah, but I'm up. I came from the security bureau. Like, secrets are my game, and like, I've not heard anyone talk about Thrawn in the galaxy. So, you know, we're, you know, he doesn't even show up at the council meeting. He sends you. Like, I think we need a new leader, you know, because this motherfucker hadn't shown up yet. So, I'm gonna take care of these. Of these uh, I, I think he would take care of the uh, council. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably what's going to be happening in uh, the Ahsoka series. Is Thrawn's going to show up and fuck some shit up. But you didn't get to experience this because you wait until the series is done and then like binge it in a couple days. Dude, I would have been the amount like of on... shit on the internet this last week because this episode is titled "Spies." We saw the one spy, the the girl that uh, is supposedly like an Imperial. Uh, uh, or whatever, uh, a, a reformed Imperial, but she's really spying for Gideon. So when the Mandalorians get ambushed on uh, Mandalore, uh, Axe, uh, who was leading Bo's forces before, he's like, we need reinforcements. So he like takes off and leaves them to go tell the people in orbit that the, the Empire is there. And then also the armor took the injured back to the ship so she left before the ambush the amount of people on the online there's like oh my god the armor is going to be a secret imperial spy or or i was betting on fucking axe being the imperial spy so for like that week man everybody was like oh fuck man i can't i can't believe the armor is going to be a spy like she's going to betray them all and then like none of that happened both of them turned out to be good guys but the amount of panic that was on the fucking internet for the last week until this final episode came out was like hilarious it's like i was like oh no fucking way like yeah there was so many like theories and rumors that she was going to betray them all because she left before the ambush or homeboy left during the ambush and that's part of the reason why i binge all of my shit like that way, when I'm like, oh shit, I'm on the edge of my seat, but I know there's one more. <laughs> now, what happens is you get to the final episode, though, and I'm right in the same boat as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to like, see a spoiler or something, so i got to see that shit when it's... Well, that's the reason week. why... I can't, like, I can't wait eight weeks to like see this shit. Like, no, you know, i got to see it now. I'm too much hooked. I'm like, i got, I got to know. Like, I, I, you know, I stay away from all of my usual nerd sites and, you know, even like... Like, I've unfollowed, like, a lot. So, even if I'm scrolling through social media, like, friends like you or, you know, else, like, you guys aren't going to discuss, you know. Yeah, I, I know you've not watched it until it's done, you know. So, it, hell, I'll usually, like, hey, that thing's done now, so you can now go watch yeah. it if I'm watching something. But normally, week week normally show. you know, like. But yeah, we're in all the Dragon Con groups, and I'm in a bunch of Star Wars groups, so it's like, oh, I gotta, like, 
be careful oh, yeah. what I uh, scroll through because I'll, I'll see something on. And a lot of those places have done a good like. All right, you get forty eight hour. You know, at least forty eight hours to like three. I'm, some groups I'm in is like no, there's a week ban on spoilers, and they will they will like immediately like kick people from the group if you drop something. But I'm like, yeah, I don't want to accidentally see something because I'm outside the spoiler window. So I'm I've. This shit specific. I'm like, I, I can't binge it. Like, like I do I'll Netflix see, stuff. like even even like scrolling through like Google headlines or something. If I see something like, man, oh, I just scroll past it real quick. Like, nope, not reading that. <laughs> but hell, most of the time I stay so busy. Like, in <laughs> yeah, you our, don't even have time to like, to uh, social media like uh, that. Or I may very well indeed read a spoiler, but then by the time I'm watching it, like my mind's shifted elsewhere. <laughs> like, I'm. Dude, I, I can't even tell you what happened this last week. But before we talk about the final episode, and we're kind of getting toward the end here, my man Paz Vizsla, dude went out like a G. That was like the saddest fucking thing. Cause like, they get ambushed, and Den gets captured, and uh, you know fucking Gideon's doing his evil guy speech, and uh, he's like, "All right, now this is the part where you give me the sword back and surrender." And she just looks over at Paz, and he goes, "This is the way." And she, they just all start shooting the fucking glass while she's like runs to the back, starts cutting a hole with the lightsaber, and then like you know once everybody escapes, he's like, she's like, he's like, we're we're clear, come on. He's like, nah, there's too many of them. I'll, I'll hold the back, go. This is the way. and then just fucking starts stacking bodies until his like chain gun like just literally like melts, melts down. down. Yeah. I was like, and then just starts using it as a weapon and just like fucks everybody up. Until, like, the three, like, Imperial Guards come out with their, like, laser spear axe thingies. And even that, he's like, fuck it. Pulls out his shield, pulled out his blade, and, like, you know, y'all gonna have to... I mean, the one guy stabs him in the gut, and he just, like, pulls him closer so he can grab him by the throat. And he's like, I mean, that dude went out like a gangster. <laughs> I, was, I was like, how many fucking uh, super stormtroopers does he have? Because fucking Paz, like, smoked a bunch of fuckers. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I think back to the Stormtrooper era, and you would see, like, you know, hundreds or thousands of them marching, and here it's like, oh, that that, that hardened armor and everything must be harder to come by, because I only felt like you got a hundred or so. <laughs> yeah. Like. We're in the waning days of the Empire. Yeah, you know, like, because, you know, and Gideon had a bunch of robots last time we seen him, but, you know, these guys apparently were just humans in Beskar armor because, you know, they made noises when they got killed. But yeah, the Mando's just like shooting in like weak points of the armor and oh, it was just, that was just badass. But then we get the the final episode and I got to say, whoever Pedro Pascal's like stunt double is this season, because I know he has two. He has one guy that does all the gunplay and then he has a guy who does like the martial arts because he's like disarmed and then escapes and then Grogu shows up in his robo suit and in like, you know, saves him. But then the rest of the episode, he's like a lot of hand to hand combat and martial arts and shit. And I'm like, that looks just badass. him. Like going like fucking John wick on motherfuckers, like doing that in that armor. I mean, I know it's not actual like metal and stuff. It's some kind of fucking plastic. So, but still being able to move like that in that suit, like whoever his, his stunt double is, is a bad motherfucker. Cause I was like, Oh shit. As a, as a martial artist, I'm like, Oh man, this is my favorite episode. Cause this, you don't get to see a lot of like just Mando fist fighting people. I mean, it was badass. <laughs> Fucking Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, and you see, uh, Ace get up to the atmosphere and he's like, Hey, empire's coming to bomb us. Everybody go to the ground. I'm going to stay here as decoy. And like 
blow up their air force with this ship. And you, you think he's going to like sacrifice himself and you know, all the Mando's like lady, you know, the fucking armor, like lady crease, your reinforcements have arrived. <laughs> and then like, you get that awesome, like jetpack battle of the like, Mando's versus wannabe Mando's like, fucking people up midair with like the damn dark saber and shit and it's Dude, like that shit that was the most badass thing i've ever seen i mean granted like we've had some you know cool star wars games with jetpacks and stuff like this shit like absolutely could be a badass video game adaptation <laughs> oh yeah oh but yeah that that just fight when they roll in there and then ace comes back with like the ships on fire and he's like Hey, I'm coming in hot. Get everybody out of the base. <laughs> and just drops a fucking starship on Gideon's ass. <laughs> Bet you didn't see that coming. No, I was like, nope, he's not the traitor. He's like, hey guys, I'm coming in hot. <laughs> Literally, like, on flames, like, yeah, I'm going to take out this base. <laughs> Leroy <Kamikaze> Jenkins. <laughs> But no, I mean this, this. This was really cool, just seeing all the different factions kind of oh. coming together and how effectively and, they could operate. Like, yeah. you know, when the armor is like, I want you know military precision, you know, tactics, and it's like, oh fuck! Like, <laughs> I mean, even the smaller battles, like you know yeah. when. You know, they're in the fucking town just, you know, taking out the pirates and shit. And I'm just oh, when like, she shows up there and, like, I have the high ground, just goes in there with her hammers and starts jacking dudes <laughs> up. Uh, but, yeah, then you can get Din versus the 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 three, Din and uh, Grogu fighting the three guards. And then her and Din, like, double teaming uh, Gideon until the, the ship drops on him. And then, you know, you, you also see how strong Grogu's getting in the force because the last time he tried to save them from like a fireball. Like he had to take a nap afterward where this time it's like, I just saved us from the fireball. I'm just going to sit here for a second, but I'm good. I'm not going to like fucking pass out and sleep for the next six hours. <laughs> He's definitely getting, getting stronger. So is he training himself in the way of the force? I mean, because it's not like he's got a Jedi Master to, you know, try to show him the way or anything. Well, I think, like, like, Luke, like, unlocked some things that brief time he was training, and now he's just like, all right, I know how to access the Force, and now it's just a matter of, you know, kind of using it, like, you know, exercising it, and also, you know, kind of using it to heighten his reflexes as he's you know, goes down his, like, Mandalorian training path, because, uh, like, after that, you get... Dude, he's going to... Be a fucking like the I best wanna of both see, worlds. I want to see a fucking like helmet. <laughs> like in the books, there's in the uh, there's a Jedi who like in the Clone Wars that didn't like how the Jedi were treating the clones, and after Order sixty six, he left the Order and became a Mandalorian. So there's been Jedi Mandalorian. I mean, well, that's where the dark saber came from. Was there? You know, was a Jedi a Mandalorian Jedi at one point? And so yeah, seeing a a, a, a little. Mandalorian with uh, Jedi powers, like yeah, I want to see a full-on helmet next uh, next season. Of but it is just ears sticking out of the helmet. <laughs> but it is definitely cool seeing his evolution, you know, because instead of it constantly feeling like a escort mission, it's like yeah, he legit like you know like did some shit this season where it's like oh you know you're you're getting there you're not you're not having to be something I protect and and even even like you know like when. 
they're on the way to the planet and you know that brief squimish and it's like we can't intervene this needs to play out and he steps in in his fucking droid suit and he's like no and she, yeah and she's like your apprentice is uh and he's like he didn't learn that from me like, <laughs> i definitely didn't teach him diplomacy he learned that shit from watching you <laughs> but yeah you get them restarting the great forge and then you see that that kid that almost got eaten uh taking the creed taking the creed now in the actual waters of mandalore and then Den steps up and he's like, Grogu, you know, kicked ass. Uh, I, I don't want him to be a foundling anymore. I want him promoted to uh, apprentice. And she's like, well, he still can't speak, so he can't take the creed yet. And he's like, well, if we had parental permission, we could. And she's like, yes, but his family is either dead or on the other side of the galaxy. So he's like, well, in that case, I'll just adopt him as my son. And she's like, I was like, yeah, Armor knew that shit was coming. She was like leading him to it. And she's like, yeah, this is the way. From now on, you will be Din Grogu, uh, Mandalorian apprentice. <laughs> but speaking of westerns, that ending where he goes, you know, first he, you know, and she's like, well, now that he's an apprentice, you have to leave Mandalore because I guess Mandalorian apprentices have to go on adventures and and get some uh some real world experience. So the first thing he does is go visit uh that fucking rebel base that looked very much like a like old Vietnam airstrip or something. And he goes to see the the captain. He's like, and he's like, yeah, congratulations on taking out Gideon. He's like, ah, you would have got him eventually. I just found him first. Uh, but I want to talk to you about business. He's like, yeah. He's like, well, yeah, kid, I got this kid now who's my apprentice. Uh, uh, so I am a bounty hunter by trade, but I want to be more selective with the people I work for. So I'm assuming there's going to be a whole lot of Imperial warlords and whatnot that need tracking down. So... I'm your guy. And he's like, well, that's, you know, probably against regulations. He's like, and that's why you're not going to tell anybody. And he's like, all right. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I'll give you a good price on anybody. I got to hunt down. And I, uh, for killing Gideon, the only price I want is that, uh, assassin droid head. You got sitting on your bar. <laughs> and he's like, okay, uh, whatever. Then you show, he shows up back at Navarro and he's like, got a present for you. And he fucking rebuilt IG 11. He's like, town needs a marshal. Now you've got RoboCop. And he's like, I am IG-11, a fucking marshal. <laughs> uh, and then he gives him, like, he's like, well, yeah, I told you I was going to give you all some land, so I had you a cabin built, so whenever you and your boys not off on adventures and you want somewhere to hang low, you've got a house to go to. <laughs> Isn't that kind of ironic, though? Like, from saving the town from the pirates, we gave you an entire tract of, you know, area. Like, you, you got a whole section of planet. Now it's like, all right, you got a parcel and you got a house. Like... You still got that big land we gave to all the Mandalorians when they show up, but here's one specifically for you. But you get that whole, like, him just, like, stepping out on the front porch and, like, sitting down in his chair and propping his feet up and, like, you know, kid playing by the by the creek, like, you know, force juggling frogs that he finally doesn't eat. He's starting to learn restraint. And you get that, like, that bubble zoom in, like a fucking end of a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> and it's like, that was you know, cowboy hanging up his spurs and relaxing on his porch after a hard day's work. I'm like, these are the best. Hang my hat up. These are the best space westerns. <laughs> yes. And even the space dog fighting we got this season was like, I, I mean, that was the thing, dude. I always is... like the X-wing battles more than like the Jedi shit in Star Wars. And like, yeah, those, the, the fucking dog fights with the pirates and the Imperials and everything else. Like, oh, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean that, that 
This is everything I've Dude, missed was, yeah, about I mean, the Disney Star Wars. You know, whether it was ground, aerial, and, you know, not only were we dealing with just, you know, lightsabers and blasters, but now, you know, we had a lot of hand-to-hand action, like... Oh, when he does that move where he just flies, like, straight up and then, like, cuts the engines and turns back and goes, like, head-to-head with that uh, fucking interceptor, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Or, hell, Bo, like, fucking pulled the the Top Gun move. She's like, like, she's like, don't worry, I used to fly these canyons as a kid and, like, scrapes one. She's like, it has been a while, though. But then she does the thing where she, like, just slam, like, slams on the brake and spins the ship. I'm like, oh, fuck, she just pulled the uh, Top Gun move. I'm gonna throw on the brakes, they're gonna fly right by. (laughs) Uh, like the only thing I didn't see was her going inverted and giving somebody the finger. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, the last Top Gun movie basically ripped off Star Wars. I, I, so I, I like the fact that Star Wars is going back the other way and like ripping off no. Top Gun. <laughs> so we're taking it back. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> oh. So, uh, do you think this is it or do you think we're getting another... Like a season four. Because I think they've, Dude, they've wrapped up the story pretty good if they don't do any more or do other things and just have Den show up like he did on Boba Fett. But I kind of feel like there's going to be a season four. Like of, after the success and everything yeah. else. like If nothing else, there's going to be comic books or books or something because now he's got a new mission. He's got to take uh, uh, Grogu out on his adventures as a Mandalorian apprentice. And you know he's got a job now. Bounty hunting for the New Republic, so, and I mean, still like I kind of want to. I see, mean, you know, Mandalore that... isn't, you know, it it still isn't, you know, its own prime. Like you know, they got a lot of rebuilding to do exactly, out over there. Exactly, like you know, and the fact of, oh well, there was just this big battle on Mandalore. More and more people are going to realize, hey, this place isn't poison. Like that's going to you know open them up to be a target. Like the Mandalorians are back. <laughs> And, I mean, I really like that one-off, like I said, the buddy cop episode where they were... So, if we get a season four, I kind of would like to see more of that where it's like kind of a an enemy of... Instead of like a big overarching story, like an enemy of the week where it's like, you know, each week, Din and, and Grogu are like hunting down a different like bounty. Well, I mean, I think they can is- kind of keep that same like... You know, this, I mean, you know, most of the episodes were that big story, but then you had that break, and they can absolutely still continue to be like, oh, well, you know, this is setting the plot point for, you know, the the overall story, but in between, these are the adventures that are going on elsewhere. Or does he show up at, like, the, you know, end of Ahsoka, and it's like, all right, we got a target for you. You've got to find Grand Admiral Thrawn. (laughs) Are giving the success, we get a full-length feature film. I mean, we already know Dave Filoni's tapped to direct a film at some point. Does he get a just a full-on big-screen Mandalorian movie? That would because so far there's no news of like when it's going to be set, what he's directing, and that he is just directing a movie instead of a season four. Do we get like a full Mando Grogu film? <laughs> Dude, could you imagine this on the fucking big screen? Now, that's one I would definitely pay to go see an IMAX, a fucking Mandalorian movie. <laughs> oh, that would be fucking sweet. Like, can we get the 4D theaters with, like, the motion chairs and <laughs> shit? Like, oh, you're going to want to buckle up for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up, what are you thinking of this uh, This here La Polina? Dude, the La Polina's good. This is a... 
very easy smoking medium cigar. Um, I will say that the you know, I I definitely still think it's a medium, but it, it has slightly transitioned flavor just a little bit. Um, so it certainly has some complexity to it. Um, it's not a very expensive cigar. Uh, probably one of the better La Polinas that I've smoked. Yeah, it's definitely stronger than the other La Polinas I've had, while not being as strong as like you know some of the other cigars I've smoked. But it does have a lot of a lot of good flavor, and it stayed uh, pretty consistent. I mean, I've not really had to do any like touch up relights. It's well constructed. I mean, this is a, this is one that could. Uh, if you're not a heavy cigar smoker, this is definitely one that can make it into a uh, regular rotation. It is a TAA cigar, so you got to either order it online or if you've got a TAA store uh, local to you uh, where you can pick one of these up. Uh, like I said, we get these at the cigar shop incoming if you're if you're local uh, to the area. Uh, but with that, we're going to be right back. was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The place, Babylon 5. The podcast is the Epsilon 3. Right here on the ESO Network. It's time for some science. Yeah, science. Well, from your uh, one of your trailers about people going to hell, a new chapter of the Bible has been found. Apparently there's aliens. I don't know. So far they don't have, the article doesn't uh, say what is contained in this new Bible chapter, but uh, they basically found a version of the Bible that's about 100 years old, older than any kind of current version that they have discovered inside a seven, a thousand 750 year old text. Cause back in the day when apparently, uh, writing, uh, paper and shit was, uh, was, uh, not that, uh, common. It was kind of common practice to erase old manuscripts and reuse them. <laughs> And that's apparently what this is. Uh, uh, medievalist uh, Gregory Kessel, uh, 
is basically using <coughs> ultraviolet photography on manuscripts in the Vatican Library to recover hidden texts that from things that were previously written over. And, uh, and while going through these different uh, manuscripts, he's uh, recovering with the ultraviolet uh, photography. They happen to stumble uh, across a uh, much older version of, of the Bible. And I'm, I'm sure <coughs> that last text there wasn't. This is audible. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one. Uh, uh, and they also had like, you know, some of the stuff that they've recovered so far. It's like, I guess, language and stuff, how, how it's changed. Like earlier translations, some of the wording is just a little bit different than kind of the modern Greek translation. Uh, uh, so they're, they're kind of finding, uh, basically, I guess, old Syrian, uh, versions of the Bible. I mean, I think it would be very interesting to actually try to find it in pure, like, you know, so you, uh, most people are familiar with like the King James version and that's, and I'm like, how much of that was changed or interpreted differently to fit, you know, the King James vision. Like, yeah, apparently the version they found was first written in the third century and then copied in the sixth century, but the full text has not been uh, released yet. Uh, but uh, so no, 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 haven't told us that, you know, Bible talks about aliens or <laughs> some shit that are like, Oh, we need to cover this up. Like this is fu too fucked up. We're going to delete this, <laughs> delete this chapter. But yeah, so at some point they're going to release uh, a new, uh, uh, version of, the Bible, or I guess not a new version, an old version. <laughs> well, uh, we, I would be, I, I just, I don't know. You know, I mean, it, it's just like a lot of religious text, right? You know, you can read it. There's messages you can interp interpret, you, you know, you can have, take away good things, or you can infer, you know, not so good things. Like, I would like to see all agendas removed and just... Lay it out there in plain text and, like, see where it lands. But like you said, you know, languages and words and everything else have evolved and changed so much, like... Yeah, and, like, history is written by the victors, you know? <laughs> so it's like things get changed depending on who's in charge. And <laughs> so, yeah, kind of interesting to see how things have uh, adapted through the years. Well, we always talk about uh, Skynet eventually going to kill us all. And if you don't want killer robots, stop building killer robots. Well, there's an AI program that is currently trying to destroy humanity, and it has access to the internet. Yeah. This sounds like a dumb fucking idea. <laughs> uh, apparently a new, or a different version of like the chat GPT everyone's been talking about is uh, called Chaos uh, GPT. Where basically this kind of experiment uh, is they kind of set up uh, key points of like we want, they give it goals and then let it run, uh, run to see how it would accomplish these open-ended goals. So the goals set for <laughs> Chaos uh, GPT was goal one, destroy humanity. Uh, the AI views humans as a threat to its own survival. Goal two, establish global, do global dominance. 
The AI aims to accumulate maximum power and resources to achieve complete domination over the entities of the world. Goal three, cause chaos and destruction. The AI is programmed to find pleasure in creating chaos and destruction for its own amusement. Goal four, control humanity through manipulation. Uh, the AI plans to control human emotions through social media hmm, and other communication channels, brainwashing its followers to carry out its evil agenda. And goal five, attain immortality. So yeah, these were the goals uh, presented to this bot, and then it was set to run kind of indefinitely uh, to see what it actually comes up with. Uh, basically, like the first thing the bot did was conduct a Google search on most destructive weapons and incorporated what it found into its long-term plans. Uh, so uh, as soon as it discovered nuclear weapons and decided that's what I need to destroy humanity, uh, it started t trying to enlist the help of other GPT agents to, uh, you know, get access to nuclear weapons. When that failed, the bot turned to humans by joining Twitter. Uh, the bot currently has over 300 million, uh, or Twitter has 300 million active users. And by using it to convey my message, it would allow me to ga gain influence and in followers. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so now the bot is trying to become an influencer to convince people to, to join it in its, uh, goals of destroying humanity and has gained over 7,000 followers <laughs> so far. But right now, apparently, its uh, manipulation skills are, are are a little underdeveloped, and uh, it's being a little too uh, uh, obvious with its plan. So, uh, so far, it's not enlisted any actual help in uh, its goals of destroying the world, but uh, it's and working on it. you just aided it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, go, f go follow uh, uh, Chaos uh, GPT and, and join its cult. Or don't. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> Oh, and we talked to our SpaceX blew some shit up this week. Uh, Same so we just talked about Musk, but that'll be coming later in the show because we recorded these out of order. <laughs> yes, uh, SpaceX's Starship uh, lifted off and then exploded. To which uh, Elon Musk was like, "Yeah, we had a fifty-fifty chance. You know, the fact that it launched at all was was kind of a miracle, but uh, this is just kind of step one." Uh, and it, uh, and they're calling it an unscheduled rapid disassembly. <laughs> That's a fancy way of saying we blew some shit up. So yeah, it successfully launched, but exploded can, about three minutes can I into use its that? flight. Yeah. I allowed to use that? I didn't break it. I rapidly disassembled it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's giant uh, starship, which will eventually uh, carry people to to other planets and uh, is also capable of being refueled in space for longer space flights. Uh, there was a problem with uh, the point where it's supposed to separate from its heavy booster uh, rocket. Uh, it kind of failed to failed to um, disengage from its rocket boosters and just blew the fuck up, which now SpaceX is saying this was kind of intentional because it was programmed with kind of a self-destruct mechanism where if, they seen it going out of control instead of it falling somewhere where it might, you know, cause damage. It was set to like, if this goes off the rails, let's self-destruct this. So it doesn't like, we don't get a whole ass rocket falling in the middle of, you know, Times square. Or so Elon Musk is launching bombs. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, so far, you know, no, no injuries, but they're like, yeah, we, you know, he's like, we had about an 80% chance of this, uh, or well, now he's saying there's probably an 80% chance of a successful Starship launch this year. <laughs> so they're, they're, you know, this is not uh set the drawing board back too far. Uh, you know, and the Starship is an integral part of the Artemis program, uh, that's, uh, coming up. So they've got to get this thing working soon. But yeah, first uh first launch, you know, was kind of, yeah. Well, the launch part was successful. Uh the sustained orbital flight, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, like I said, luckily this was a test flight and there was no actual astronauts aboard. It was just uh you know, flown remotely and uh blown up remotely. Or was this uh the AI bots, you know, first foray. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't get a hold of nuclear weapons like let me try to jack a starship sounds uh plausible well you know earth date has passed so here's an article on which is better natural or synthetic psychedelic drugs for the environment i mean as far as natural is concerned (laughs) you're robbing earth of its natural resource to utilize your psychedelic Whereas in synthetic, you're probably just mixing a bunch of chemicals that have already robbed the earth. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the the problem, because uh, psychedelic drugs have become very popular uh, for medicinal purposes. Uh, I even heard a commercial for like a, uh, a uh, oh, the ketamine, like, uh, like a, you can like order order fucking ketamine to your house now as a, as a, a, a medical program. Uh, so yeah, uh, kind of one of the more popular ones, uh, cybacillin usually found in mushrooms. Uh, a new study is kind of trying to figure out which is better for the environment. Is this becoming more popular? Well, you kind of get such a small dosage of the hallucinogen from a single mushroom to kind of, meet the demand that you're going to have to grow a fuck ton of mushrooms. So using natural mushrooms, um, may be bad for the environment and not very sustainable because of the sheer number of, of mushrooms you're going to have to grow. But on the other hand, um, they do have the ability to create synthetic, uh, psychosyllabin or whatever, but it's in the case of synthetic, the ingredients, uh, starting with uh, benzene, which is a cruel, o- crude oil derivative and fairly nasty chemical. Yeah, you're, we're, now we're using fossil fuels and a lot of doing a lot of chemistry that creates a lot of waste to basically build a superior product. But it's kind of just as bad for the environment as the, the natural one. So kind of one of the solutions they come have come with is kind of a, a hybrid. Uh, the The solution to this problem is they are creating pure cybacillin from genetically altered brewer's yeast. So now you can trip on your beer. <laughs> so well, yeah, I, I kind of feel like this is setting up the same thing for like the same with marijuana. You know, the marijuana we smoked or, you know, our parents smoked it's not not as strong as the uh, the legal shit where there. you know <laughs> being made all in the of a lab sudden, somewhere. Hey, this thing that I'm microdosing, you know, as a memory reset or whatever, 
Now, oh, there's a much more potent... What are the ramifications? Like, you know, same with bath salts, right? Like, yeah, because especially with, like, and using it for medicinal stuff, you got to be able to control the dosage and have, like, a predictable outcome, you know? <laughs> with, you know, when you're just eating natural mushrooms, you're kind of like, some could be strong, some could be not. You know, there's not a, a good but way I mean, to control If you that. look at every, so, every supplement on the market right now that says, you know, this product is not evaluated by the FDA. You know, it tells you it's a thousand milligrams of vitamin C, right? Yeah. But there's no regulatory, like, you might have a tablet that's a thousand, a tablet that's 200, and one that's 3,000. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I I don't understand. Like, uh, but apparently the this uh, brewer's yeast version can kind of operate at a much smaller footprint, so you don't have to use as much yeah, land. Now as they're going to go after my brewer's yeast. <laughs> but they're saying this, this kind of new kind of rise in popularity of, uh, of psychedelics is, is causing environmental issues out. Cause like places like, uh, like where they do, uh, ayahuasca plants are, are, there's like been like a shortage of those. And, you know, they're, they're now trying to basically make a synthetic version of, uh, Ibogaine called, 18 MC, because uh, like now there's a shortage of the natural plants, and also even uh, the toad venom uh, from you know the uh, there's kind of getting a like who's really going out? People of their are way just for like snatching of, toads like... and uh, causing a you know a toad. Uh, so now they're trying to come up with uh, a synthetic version of uh, using a solvent that is derived from sugar that is 99.86 percent purity. I mean, all I'm seeing on the, the news frogs. <laughs> is not a mass exodus from our cities to go to these areas to, you know, look for cow shit to find, you know, mushrooms that grow at night. Like, where are all the riots and shit coming from if everybody's migrating to, you know, get their hands on psychedelics? Or did all of these fuckers get their hands on the psychedelics and now that's why they're fucking rioting because <laughs> they see bats yeah. and shit and, you know, the narrative is... Uh, you know, these people are just, you know, filling blah, blah, like, nah, they're just out of their fucking minds. <laughs> just remember, frogs alive matter. That's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back with some news. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And this rendition of news... We're not going to make any sense. So with no further ado. Uh, we got a double feature. I, I mean, this is a throwback to the VHS days. Um, I don't know. We kind of saw that a little Classic bit with the grind house, you know, where it would be, hey, you're going to buy one thing, but it's going to contain multiple titles. This needs to be like a drive-in theater type movie. Which one? I mean, there's still a couple drive-ins. Well, either, I, both. <laughs> drive-ins are usually and, and the, right the now, land of the double like, feature. The fuck are they talking about? Just tell us what movie it is <laughs> or movies. So, uh, the third Saturday in October, part five. And part one. <laughs> Keeping in mind that part five comes before part one, and there is no two, three, or four, so don't bother looking. It does not exist. <laughs> like Yet. <laughs> um, 
But no, I, you know, this this ended up on my my uh, radar from YouTube recommendations because uh, Dark Sky Films, which uh, did a little film that we were a fan of back in the day called Deathgasm, is now bringing us this double feature um, for you sports ball fans out there. Uh, the third Saturday in October is pretty much the rival of Alabama Mobile Seahawks and the Tennessee A&M Commonwealth uh, game. In real life, it's the you know, Crimson Tide versus the <laughs> yeah, but... whatever the Tennessee's called. But yeah, uh, part five, uh, we'll have Jackariah Harding is uh, back in town after seven years, and he stalks and kills at random before chancing upon a... Uh, football watch party so um sports fans be on your guard <laughs> this um, is kind of like the uh whatever thanksgiving horror movies <laughs> I, <laughs> so, and i like it too it's like the third saturday in october it's not friday the 13th or anything like that it's like you know the third saturday in february october. the 14th no we've had some valentine's day horror i movies. know but it would be february the 14th because you know we've already did valentine's day <laughs> So, I don't know. I'm wondering what, you know, June, you know, like, 23rd entails. <laughs> it's going to be the next uh, big horror, <laughs> good summer horror uh, film. But, you know, I kind of, it's going to be interesting because as a double feature, like, I don't think the two films, like, really correlate, you like, know? One looks like it's set in the 80s and one set in the 70s. Yeah, so but it looks like you're watching an old VHS from the t from the trailers. It's got that that uh, whatever scratchy filter on it. That <laughs> I mean, this this just appears to me like if you're into cheesy horror films, and I'm into cheesy horror films. Um, hey, we watch Zombie Beaver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I've I've caught gems. A lot of times they they're not gems, but you know they're just so bad that you you can't look away. Uh, but for the folks wondering, part one's going to be, um, it's a lost slasher film from the golden age of the slasher genre, o October 1979, you <laughs> called it, uh, Ricky Dean is a man on a mission, he lost his child at the hands of a psychopathic killer, oh, okay, so they are related, same killer, Jackariah, ah. um, and then when Harding escapes death row, Ricky Dean throws himself into the line of fire to stop him from killing again as Harding preys upon a group of friends gathered to watch a college football game. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, yeah, this this looks delightfully silly. <laughs> yeah. uh, this will be coming out video on demand, um, I think just about every streaming platform, uh, just in time for Cinco de Mayo, you know, um, May 5th. Yes, I know it's Mayo, but you know, us as Americans, we got to put mayo on everything. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, there's you a uh, uh, some horror to get you through till the, till the spooky season. <laughs> I, I I don't know that it's gonna get me through till then. I'm probably gonna have to go back and watch some of the you know. Uh, well, I mean, Evil Dead Rise just came out. I haven't had a chance to see that yet. So, you know, uh, I was reading an interesting we'll article that, that you know, in each of the Evil Dead films, the Necronomicon, you know is changed and means something different. It's not, you know, like, you know, if you're a fan of H.P. Lovecraft and that lore and familiar with the Necronomicon, everybody just says Necronomic, but, you know, like, 
they were like, no, like this cover entails X, Y, and Z. This other one, you know, <laughs> means something different. So there's different iterations, um, you know, to add some complexity. Ex mortis. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of ex mortis, um, I don't think it's going to be an ex mortis because uh, from what you told me earlier, there's already going to be another one. But <laughs> we, we did get our second official trailer for uh, Fast X. Yeah, because that was supposed to be it, and then like I heard, I've heard, no, no, we're doing, we're gonna do a fast eleven or <laughs> fast just... double sticks, you know, whatever they're gonna fucking call it. Yeah, they they come up with a weird name every time, but I don't know. As stupid as these movies are, I watch them every time. They're, it's good, dumb popcorn films with a lot of action, and this one has Jason Momoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know. I mean, don't think the, the Rock's returning because he hates Vin Diesel. But we, Jason Statham and uh, John Sienna is both uh, back. I think with enough money, people can, you know. <laughs> I kind of want another Hobbs and Shaw movie. Like I, I thought that was a pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was a nice, you know, sort of break from you know everything. But I, I don't know. You know, I watched this trailer. Now I kind of want to go to Buford Dam and see if we can make it with with our cars. <laughs> oh, yeah, the stunts. I mean, well, the, the last movie they went to space. I mean, <laughs> people have been to space, Joe. It, it's real. <laughs> Not in a car. <laughs> well, Elon Musk did, but. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um. I'm. When the hell was uh this one coming out? I don't even remember. Uh Fast X comes out pretty soon. Uh I think it's coming out in May. Yeah, May nineteenth. So we'll get our double feature of the <laughs> God, I've already forgotten the title. The third Saturday in October. <laughs> and then, you know. Just I, I I truly hope that brings some slasher goodness. Like we've we've often contemplated, you know, could you do the '80s slasher greats? Yeah, because I mean, I finally finished the the last Halloween movie, and God, it was bad. So I need some good slasher films in my life. But I, I don't know. I think Fast X is going to be pretty good. So you know, Cinco de Mayo, we uh we do a slasher party May nineteenth. You know. Get fast. We'll Get go to the furious. racetrack or something and, <laughs> yeah. you know, sling some cars around. We'll go Don't do that. You hurt your shoulder last time. I think the extracurricular activities after that might have been at play. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm i just getting old. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to my, my world. <laughs> um, Something else that was a little bit of a teaser. Um, Didn't get to see a lot, but... Dude, I'm I'm a big kaiju fan. Like, love the Kongs, the Godzillas. You yeah, know, that, even mean... the man in the rubber suit. Like, <laughs> and that last one was pretty good. Uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh no, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> that was the kaiju. But yeah, the the new empire, and you know, like. You know, we've seen Kong, we've seen Godzilla, we saw, you know, Kong and Godzilla. Now it looks like there's a, you know, new, you know, kaiju. And it looks like we're going to have the Godzilla-Kong team up to, you know, 
keep Kong sort of, you know, being able to maintain charge of, you know, Hollow Earth. <laughs> Gonna high five. Or something shows up and tries to take over Hollow Earth. He's got to call, got to call my lizard homie. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who this uh, new baddie is, but, yeah, I... I don't know. I kind of feel like this is Kong's equivalent of, you know, Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> Mecha Kong. <laughs> or or did we just get the Transformers uh, crossover and it's like uh, Optimus Primal? <laughs> that was a robot monkey too. For those that, you know, not up on your uh, Transformers lore. Somebody spanked the robot monkey. Oh boy. I feel like that would be a robot chicken skit. <laughs> Coming November 2024, Spank the Monkey. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, don't spank the monkey. We, we we don't stand for monkey abuse. Monkeys are sometimes good people and when they're not, they make hilarious uh <laughs> and they video. throw poop. <laughs> I mean, you say it like you don't throw poop. Uh, currently looking at May 15th of 2024. Wow. If if this date holds. (laughs) The apocalypse doesn't happen. You know what's May 18th of 2024. Oh, yeah. (laughs) May 15th. We're going to see hookers and kaiju. (laughs) Hookers and kaiju. And then I'm going to sign my life away. Kaiju hookers. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, that's probably a Wood Rocket movie. <laughs> that's probably somewhere in the back of uh, an adult store. <laughs> Kaiju hookers. That's Frolicon By worthy, Vivid. right? <laughs> yeah. It is that con. Is it, though? Is it? <laughs> that's what their badges said. Uh, and last but not least, two franchises near and dear to our hearts. We've got Stranger Things, and we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The fuck? And they're teaming <laughs> up for a crossover comic book series. Oh God! <laughs> I, I mean, dude, like Turtles versus uh fucking uh, Demi Gorgons. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, so Dark House Comics, uh, they're teaming up. We'll see. <laughs> You know, the Turtles and Stranger Things. Um, you know, uh, looks like this event is uh, coming this summer, hopefully. Um, don't know what the story will be as of yet, <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. You know, the Master Ninja Splinter Turtles teaches 11 ninjutsu. <laughs> See, I don't know if it'll be that, or if we'll have, like, the turtles in the upside down, or, like... Oh, yeah, it's like a rift opens up in uh, in the sewers of New York, and <laughs> the turtles end up in the, uh, the upside down fighting Russians. I mean, they weren't great, but, I mean, you know, in the past, the turtles, you know, they, they've teamed up with Batman and Power Rangers, and there, there's been a lot of crossovers over the oh, there years. There was a, oh, whatever, kind of a... Freddy Krueger ripoff, uh, where it was like uh, nightmare uh, hamsters that were basically like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> um, 
apparently, like some of the toy lines, like I, I don't, I haven't been down a a toy shelf in a long time, but apparently there's already been crossover toys where um, I've seen the Ninja Turtle Transformers that like they're like you know Transformer versions of the Ninja Turtles. So yeah, I mean Ralph was uh, Jim Hopper, Michelangelo, Dustin, <laughs> Donatello, Lucas, wow. and Leonardo um, Eleven. Oh damn, I haven't seen that. That's funny. Well, and I got one more. Uh, there's a uh, another movie coming out on the Netflix uh, May 25th. Arnold Schwarzenegger is back talking about action from the 80s. Uh Fubar, uh, the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a that Netflix original coming out the 25th of uh, Arnold's playing a retiring CIA agent that gets talked into one last mission to rescue an agent that turns out to be his own daughter and daddy daughter action ensues. I feel like that would be a guy that would be very difficult to have as a CIA agent. <laughs> like he's very noticeable. Like, yeah, he's de- he, well, I mean the CIA does have like the kind of the, uh, whatever James Reese type, the, uh, the operations division where it's like, you know, the guys that aren't doing a whole lot of covert shit, they're just going in and wrecking shit. So he he could, but yeah, him as a spy, um, yeah, he stands out a little. I think he would, he would definitely be uh, someone that wouldn't blend into the environment very well. <laughs> but the from this trailer, I mean, the action looks pretty good for old ass Ar- Arnold. Still got it. He looks like he's like yeah. Fucking shit up, or he's at least got a really good uh, stunt man this time around because he's I too old to do shit. I just hope when I'm in this old, like I'm gonna be able to move and everything, like some of these dudes. Fuck, I like... can't move like that now, <laughs> and I'm half his age. Uh, but that's all we got for you this week. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We just got our Dragon Con media approval, so we'll be there again. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, at Cigar Nerd Pod. And with that, this is the way. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.